This is your Monday Daily Delivery. I'm Michael Rand, Patrick Royce here as well. Patrick, good to see you on this bright, it's bright out already. Um, <laughs> it's bright uh, Monday morning. It's uh, We got the big, some snow over the weekend. It was a weird snow, wasn't it? It was like, it was raining. Then I went to bed. The next thing I know, I woke up, there's like six inches of snow. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, you know, the I looked out when the rain started and it was immediately becoming ice on the road. And then, I mean, on our driveway. And then, then I heard a little sleet against the window. And then, yeah, it was, I, I, you know, old, as old men do, I had a tendency to get up. I was up at five. I looked out and, uh, I went out and shoveled the little walk we have here, and it was way more snow than I thought. And yeah. then, once you shovel the snow, you got to go get your salty stuff and throw that on the ice because it was a skating rink. So, and, and of course, it did not prevent our soccer team from playing. Even no, though, uh, unbelievable, right? Yeah, they played in three different types of weather, so that was uh, that was interesting. But uh, we can talk about that later, I guess. Yeah. So you want to have an outdoor soccer game in Minnesota in early March? This is well, what Dave, you're gonna. This is what you I, might I was, get. I was gonna get going on this. When did we decide that March was viable for outdoor events? We do that, and you know the Gophers like are scheduling their first Big Ten series on March 25th or something outside and stuff like. But we don't do that in March. March? We can't be out. We can't no. play outside in March. Unless we got skates on or skis or something. We these are not events that are supposed to be played in March. No. Which the soccer schedule is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. What is the hurry? Why do uh, we well, have to start in February? Well, this year it's because of the World Cup. They're trying to get it all done before the World Cup, but they they their season lasts way too long anyway. It's like yes. it's like it's like a double NFL season, basically. Yeah, but they you know, and they they play yeah. twice a week sometimes, but it's it's pretty ridiculous. Yes, it is. Anyway, that's Stop. sad. That's the most vital thing, but well, yeah, it's just so stupid that we're we're playing here outdoors. It's March. It's still our weather hasn't changed. It's not nice in March, generally speaking. Okay, no, no, we're not not conducive to outdoor activities. Okay, no, it is not. It's it's in March is the the month of illusions. We think it's going to yes. be nice, but it's not. No. Yes. Speaking of illusions and skating rinks, um, what's what's going on with the wild? Maybe we can start there because. I texted you kind of the rundown of what I want to talk about, as I often do. And I wrote on there something like, have the wolves eclipsed the wild? That's probably just (laughs) temporary. You know, everything's going to change at a certain point here again, because that's what happens in 82 game seasons. But the wild lose again, 6-3 to Dallas. They can't stop anybody right now. And that, you know, offense has kind of been most of their identity this year, I think, you know, they, they, the balance scoring, the, the depth, but you know, when every team needs to stop a puck every now and then, and neither Talbot nor Kakinen nor the defense is playing very well right now. That's a problem. And they've, what is this like seven out of eight or eight out of nine now that they've, yeah, well, they, like they got that. the one win the other day against, uh, they, they pulled that one out against Philadelphia. We thought they might be turning it around and then they've lost, two cents then so i don't know i don't know what to make of this right now just a little lull or some some serious trouble i was having this thought that uh what what we really liked what i really liked and the you know i'm not saying that i sit in front of tv and watch every minute but uh what i liked about that this team for 40 games was they played fast right i, yes. I really liked the fact i when they hired dean Evison looks like a crusty old coach right 
Yes. But he's, he's been the exact opposite. They've been up and, you know, let's go. Let's, you know, let's go to the other end. And if it causes us to be a little loosey-goosey, that's okay. But one great thing they were doing for weeks on end was they, they'd come down and they'd go down into the corner and skate out with the puck. They wouldn't get stuck down in there and, uh, you know, fight. They had the, all these defensemen who could skate the puck out and they were skating bringing the puck out of the corners and uh, you know, the goalie was the, you know, Cam Talbot was probably better than he usually actually is last year. Goalies are unreliable people uh, for the most part. There's a few that are great every year, but not all of them, but uh, you know, they were, it, it was fun. They were winning five to three, right? It was, yes. it was up and down the ice. It was great. But uh you know, my fear is we're going to start hearing about, well, we really got to tighten it up defense. <laughs> you know, I mean, we had this with the North stars of the, uh, of the, of various times where we would decide we'd get beat in the playoffs and then we'd have to change our style to a more physical style. And that those teams in the early eighties that were high scoring teams that, well, they were a little loosey goosey like this team. Uh, I would, uh, I, I'm very curious as to, uh, if, if we're going to decide we got to get tougher now or something here at the, uh, at the trade deadline. And then you kind of take away the whole, uh, pre-soft style of hockey. Uh, I, I don't know. I think you just got to ride with this and, uh, you know, hope you, you know, the defense that you got, you played a long time without Spurgeon and you managed to hang in there and win. And now Dumba's back too. I, I and you know the other thing, Mike, is March is absolutely filled with home games. The rest of March, if uh, if uh, if this goes on for a couple of more weeks, uh, panic. But uh, I, I would still uh, I would still think that uh, playing at home and the fantastic record they had at home until about two weeks ago uh, is. Uh, is it should should carry him through this month uh, eventually once they get their act together but uh uh yeah i i don't know they were probably playing over their heads and now they're probably playing uh well below their potential but yeah. i i but but it is amazing uh the nhl since they started giving away the free points there and uh you know right. they managed to keep the you know the the leagues that middle part of the league really balanced. And now all of a sudden the, the they're tied with Dallas for like third in the division now. Yes. Right? I know like that it's uh, it's weird. It's, 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 it's extremely weird, but, uh, uh, I still, uh, I, 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 I still think that they're, uh, you know, they got Brodine, you got Spurgeon, you got Dumba, you got the guys on the back end, uh, Dumbo's not a great defensive player, but, uh, you know, they got to start stopping some bucks, but they got to start scoring more. You can't just only score goals when you pull your goalie. Right. Uh, Suan pointed that out uh, today that, uh, when they had a goalie, they were outscored four to one. And, uh, then when they didn't have a goalie, they were, uh, they at one point had outscored them two Oh, that's so, right. Cause uh, Caprice, I've got a couple of goals late to get them close, <laughs> right, to get yeah. them close but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It is. Uh, it's uh, they got booed, I guess, at the end of the game last night. So well, deservedly, but, deservedly so. I mean, this- take a playcation to Mystic Lake for twenty four seven gaming, fun restaurants and bars, and luxurious hotel rooms, and join Club M to bask in the rewards. 
follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is play day. This is a team that was like the best team in the NHL for a while, or like they had the best record in the NHL. And now you're right, they're they're kind of fighting for a playoff spot. It's not like they can't, it's not like they can just coast into the finish yeah. line here too because there's like still a third of the season left there's still 28 games left if I'm, if I'm counting this upright or 20 yeah 28 games by left. the way is there is there anything stupider than the nhl trade deadline the no it's like deadline, it's, like eight games left when they stop right. making trades i know, I know. unbelievable i know so, yeah well, well yeah that's okay we can make a trade in game 62 or something it's ridiculous uh it's always been that way but uh uh yeah it is uh it is uh, kind of alarm by the way did you see the crowd last night 18 8 or something like that i mean it's a yeah the loyalty that that team has had since they came to town is just incredible. They, and I, you know, the one, the one time it looked like they were really going in the tank with the fans, they signed Suter and Preecy and right. gave them a honeymoon for another eight years. So uh, it is amazing the way people keep showing up at those prices and uh, whew, man alive. It's a, it's a, it's an incredible, uh, uh, loyalty that people have adopted there you know my theory is they've they hooked into the families better than any team we've ever had and uh as i always say mom dad and the two kids from woodbury gonna come in gonna spend 350 or 400 bucks uh, they can get beat 6-1 and when they're in the car going home the mom and dad aren't gonna say wasn't that terrible Gee, right. that was awful wasn't it <laughs> exactly <laughs> Betsy back there at age 10 didn't you, didn't you think they stunk tonight you know it's not like the it's not like the old guys in the bar jackets who used to populate the wild the east siders from st paul no. who went to the north star games and booed the crap out of them if they didn't get three shots on the power play you know it's a little <laughs> different crowd it's a little different yes. crowd to say the least they're bad in the dot patrick they lost mm-hmm. uh 40, 40 face-offs to 26. Oh they're, oh, they're terrible in the face-offs. What is terrible. that? What's that? I wonder. I mean, some nights they're like, the other night I was watching the, the first, it was 18 to four on the face-offs at yeah. some point. Yeah. It's, uh, I wonder why they're so bad. They just, uh, I, guess well, it's Koibu, I mean, Koibu, but he hadn't been around for a couple of years. And he was great, but uh, I don't. Yeah, they, they, Their yeah. centers aren't very good, I guess is probably the yeah. basic way to say it. They've got a lot of guys who, you know, have kind of filled in and done okay, but they, they've never really addressed kind of that facet of their, their roster, and I think they're paying, they're paying for it now. I wonder what the analytical boys in that sport, and you got them now, tell you about that. How often is it, you know, what does, what do face, uh, what do winning 60% of the face-offs do for you? I yeah. mean, it's, statistically, I wonder if that's worth four goals a month or something, what yeah. it, when it's, you know, what it's worth. It's, uh, it's uh, interesting, but it does, you know, it does hurts you late in the game if you're trying to come back from a goal down and you never win a face off right so yeah and obviously it hurts more if it's a you know if you get an offensive zone draw defensive zone draw especially if it's a power play like the like a big thing is i think a a, one big thing i know is that if you if you're on the power play and you get a if you win a offensive zone draw there's a very good your scoring chances go way up and just you know so if you're either way in that scenario 
you're you're in trouble if you're on the penalty kill if you lose that draw things like that so i think that's probably where it comes into play the most but yeah they're... but it is they are probably the worst face-off team that the north that the wild have ever had don't you think I seems mean, like it i i don't know statistically but they're they're bad yeah yeah they are i and, mean some nights it's incredibly lopsided and on the so. flip side the wolves can't lose i mean and the wolves are kind of like you said maybe the the schedule eases up a little bit for the wild here at least they get a lot of home games so maybe that'll help them turn it around but you know the wolves have now won was it five of six out of the break and they've had you know kind of taken advantage of some of these you know softer games lately even kind of catching some of these other teams not at full strength they caught you know golden state not at full strength and they beat oklahoma city then portland they've had all these back-to-backs and they've they've done quite well uh to to do what they've done and now i believe their record is 36 and 29 everybody above them keeps winning so i don't know you know what the what the target is but man i mean 36 and 29 you're you're figuring they're gonna cruise at least into the the top eight be able to have a couple cracks at the play-in and then you know go go from there and you probably have a probably have just the I believe the ninth winning season in franchise history. Um, <laughs> right? And, uh, you know. they made, yeah, they made the playoffs. Did they make the playoffs? They made the playoffs eight straight years. They did, but and, uh, and two of those years were not winning. Them, two of those years were not winning seasons. Wow. Okay, and then they had a one winning season where they, the year that Flip got fired, yes. I think, winning season, but Correct. they uh, make the playoffs. And then, uh, and then, and the then fifth that winning season. So that was it. That, that is amazing. Yeah, they're uh, you know they got a, a bunch of guys got hurt the other night. Yeah, didn't play or uh, I don't know who's going to be on the on the court uh, tonight. They, they play tonight, right? I think don't so. Yeah, I think they play tonight. Yeah, yeah. and uh, again, again against Portland, and uh, I don't know who they're going to have, but. Uh, they were uh, speaking about being loose. They were a little loose against Portland, but they ended up being able to score enough points. Cat Cat uh, has bailed them out the last couple of times. And, yes, uh, he's playing good. He is playing yeah, good. He's playing very well. And uh, Russell's yeah. in a nice little groove. I mean, they they haven't had Ooh. Edwards lately, but he's been they've been fine without him because he hadn't been given him much lately anyway. And hopefully, this shutting him down now helps him. You know, down the stretch when they'll need him again. They just kind of have a good mix right now. Like Beverly, just Beverly's just kind of one of those classic, you know, like glue guy gets, it's like a term that gets thrown around. It's a little overrated, but there's something about him that makes them accountable on the court. You can just kind of feel it. And I I like that about him. I feel like he's kind of personality wise. I think he's kind of a little bit like Jimmy Butler, but not in the, he's like good. He's like the more of the good parts of Jimmy than the bad parts of Jimmy, I guess. Yeah, that's probably uh, that's probably true. I saw him tweeting the other day about how great he is, and why isn't he being mentioned as defensive player of the year and stuff like that? He's a he's a big personality, that's for sure. But uh, man, he's got to be happier than heck. He, you know, he's been kicked around from one team to another, and all of a sudden he comes in here and and kind of helps change their defense a little bit, and he ends up getting thirteen million dollar contract. So yep. For next year. For next so. year, yeah, they extended him for a year. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, nothing wrong with uh, having a, having somebody who guards somebody. They uh, they've slacked off a little defensively from what they were earlier this year. But uh, yes, they can still, uh, you know, he still could guard somebody. And uh, yeah, they're 
they're they're interesting. This uh, McLaughlin's a, a, a an amazing story that he wasn't playing forever, and and uh, and then he comes in and he's 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 playing good minutes off the bench. And I like Noel a lot, and he doesn't yeah. get all. I like him. He don't get to play him on two thirds of the time, but uh, you know when he gets some minutes, he can go to the basket and get some points and. Uh, you know, one of their X factors to me is uh, McDaniel's. The uh, yeah. you know that uh, some nights he's really good, some nights you don't even know he's on the court, uh, and it, I think it's whether they get involved or not. But uh, uh, he's uh, you know when he plays good, they're they're good. You know? Yeah, so, and, of and course, he, he's got to stay out of foul trouble too. But he's done that yeah. a little bit better lately. Russell is uh, is really the. Uh, the surprise to me, though, I think a surprise to all of us. He's he's just a better player than he, was, he thought he was. I mean, he didn't give the, the, you know, he came in late two years ago and did nothing. And then what, he played five games or something and shut it down. Right. right. And then last year, he, you know, lousy short season and didn't, didn't show me much. But uh, he's, uh, you know, he's not quite the goofball that I thought he was. And he's... Uh, He's he's been good. He's been mostly good. Once in a while, he does does some dumb things, makes some, you know, the, hero ball. Yeah, right. That's a good word for it. But uh, yeah, they're they're the most fun they've been in a while. That's for sure. And uh, yeah, they're kind of kind of switching places with the wild a little bit as the <laughs> as the as the story the the fun uh, the fun team. I mean, they they both have had a nice season but now the wolves 36 and 29 the wild i guess if you're counting overtime losses as losses which i do are 32 and 22 so they're kind of on parallel tracks right uh-huh. now just getting there in in different ways but you know i still think they're gonna have a hard time whenever they get to the postseason because the way it's gonna line up is they're probably gonna end up playing the clippers in that first okay. play-in game and do you want to play the clippers i don't think so and then they I still i still think they're going to play the lakers in that second play-in game if they lose the yeah, clippers but unless Kawhi, unless Kawhi decides to play i'll take the clippers i you know that's you take fine. the wolves you say you take the wolves you mean no you know as an opponent I'm oh i see what you mean yeah it just if, if paul Kawhi, if paul george right. is playing they they lost to the paul george clippers three times earlier yeah. this year so it's it's a but it's, they're better than, they are better and, now yeah Hey, I, oh, go ahead. The Knicks pounded the Clippers last night. Did uh, they? Yeah. They didn't blow a lead. They've been blowing leads lately. Oh, that was awful. They've been blowing some awful leads. But uh, do you see that Julia? I tweeted this out this morning. Julius uh, Randle had fined fifty thousand dollars for uh, uh, confrontation uh, with a player, and then for technical foul and then he slapped the ref's hand away and then he did not cooperate with the investigation the nba (laughs) i say he doesn't have to cooperate with the investigation people murder their whole families they don't have to cooperate with the with the investigation do they they don't have to cooperate he doesn't have to cooperate he doesn't have to incriminate himself. The, the man is trying to get away with too much. We, we don't fight the man enough yeah. anymore. And uh, yeah, good, good, Julius. Don't cooperate with the investigation. Say no comment. I'm not no comment. You. I didn't do anything. They get away from me. Allowed, they shouldn't be allowed <laughs> to find an extra amount of money because he won't tell them what they want. <laughs> the hell with that. I like I, it. I'm all on Julius' side. Team Julius. Team yeah, Julius. 
free Julius. We should make t-shirts. Cooperate. Why should you? What the hell? You know, do you saw it? What do you need me for? (laughs) Make your own judgment. I'll be over here. (laughs) Uh, Say, I really enjoyed your, uh, your piece with uh, Tony O the other day, Tony Oliva touring Cooperstown. I knew that was coming. Um, You know, maybe you could, for the listeners kind of talk them through the, the opportunity. I know you got to do that with, with pocket a number of years ago as well. Kind of what, what the hall does, what, what Tony was like that day last week. I, I was on Wednesday. I, and, uh, Tony came really early, but they do this with, uh, everyone who's getting inducted. They are invited to, uh, they, uh, ask them if they have a local, if they want a local journalist to come and if they have an idea who they want, and, you know, I got a good relationship with Tony and that's so I got a, I didn't get my, they were sending emails to my old email address that I haven't used for three years. So I didn't find out until like a week beforehand that, that I was invited to go to this and, 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 and you know, and yeah, invited by the hall, not by Tony. Right. Tony, right. The one that said, well, ask Ricey first. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, so it was an opportunity and, uh, you know, get the hardest place in the world to get to. <laughs> you got to fly into Albany on a lousy plane and, uh, you know, through Detroit and stuff, but it's worth it once you get there. And of course, Tony is uh, quite the character and uh, funny, uh, funny, funny guy. And it was great wandering around with him and to go to various exhibits because, you know, Tony still speaks in the uh, thick, uh, Thick accent from Cuba all these years later. And uh, yet he's, he sees everything, knows everything. Sometimes he's like all of us at, at that advanced age. We can't think of the name, but we can describe the person. And sure. Like that. And I had a little of that in there. But he has an observation on walking around that place. Once you got into the 1950s, he knew everybody, you know, and had something to say about about everything he ran across and uh, that you go through the the upstairs place that has all the artifacts and all, all that stuff. And then, and then uh, they, they took us down to the storage room. If, have you been to Cooperstown, Mike? Yeah, it's been a while. I went out there. It's been 15, 20 years, but I have been there. So they have these, this floor, these floors of, of artifacts, but they have a storage room that has like, 25 50 times more stuff and they change the they change the displays and and they they have all this stuff so they took tony down in the in the, in the group he was with his wife gordette and his daughter anita and uh mlb camera crew and uh uh julie from the twins and there was a, a few of us about 12 maybe and but down in that storage room they had laid out a bunch of, of artifacts, bats and stuff that they thought would be of interest to Tony, you know, Rod Cruz, bat, Babe Ruth's bat, uh, uh, stuff like that. And, you know, he had a comment on every one of those things. And there was, uh, it was just, you know, it's, it's, it's great. Tony is, Tony's back isn't real good. And, uh, but his knees are fine and he made her around and, uh, it was about an hour and a half of walking around. And then, uh, and then he went down to the uh, plaque room and uh, and then got his uh, Hall of Fame jersey and did a little press conference and uh, 
and uh, it, it was it was it was fun to be there. That's for sure. And uh, it'll be uh, interesting to uh, see how many Minnesotans we get out there to see Olivencott on uh, July twenty yeah. fifth. It's uh, I'm always amazed that that people find their way out there because that there's about four hotels in that town, you know, sure. there's a, you know, there's a, there's a, I stayed in a hotel called the railroad Inn, which is kind of a new place. It's an old railroad depot. Okay. They could have filmed the shining in there the night I was there. It was like, <laughs> I was the only person, but of course, all, all summer and then hall of fame weekend, right. like crawling, but it's a, it, it, this, this little town people has got, two bars and a restaurant, you know, it's a, I don't know how they possibly, I've been there four or five times on hall of fame weekend, yeah. but I, I never really wandered down to the other end of the street to see what are people doing? I mean, where right. do you eat? If you want to get something to eat, what do you do? There's right. I, I was there on in the early March and they're in the snow and I couldn't get into the one restaurant down, you know, to have a hamburger. Right. And then there was one bar and there was 50 cars outside that place. And uh, it's just an amazing little town. And, uh, you know, it's the quaint New England town, even though sure. up, upstate New York is basically uh, New England. But, you know, all those little towns around it when you're driving out of there. Yeah. That they call quaint. They ain't quaint. They're dumps. They're all <laughs> dumps. There's nothing in They're any just of them. old. They're just They're old. Just old fallen ramshackle. <laughs> and uh, it's. Uh, They're trying it, to be it, polite and call them quaint, but they're not. Quaint. Yeah, they're not quaint. But yeah, it was, uh, you know, he's uh, honest to God. This is not BS. He was uh, my favorite player. I loved him uh, as a hitter because back sure. then it, is uh you know the the just he had the combination of some power but but the great line drive hitter and uh i loved him as a hitter but then i he was still there you know when, when i could, took over the beat in 74 and uh just just found out you know i i dealt with him some doing clubhouse stories uh, for the st paul paper in the early 70s but as the beat guy i just found out what a great guy he was and how much fun he was and, and his, his observations on life, which will come out of nowhere. But, uh, so I've been, I, I consider myself to, I was, he was my favorite player and then he be, kind of became my favorite guy to cover, even though I only saw him play 74, 75 as a beat guy. And then sure. after the hitting coach and he was around all the time, but, uh, uh, just a hell of a guy, and uh, it was fun to be there with him. And uh, it was you know, that piece I did on him and Gordette being yeah. married 52 or three years. Uh, that was funny, too, because I was, you know, middle of the still, we were still pretty much in the middle of the pandemic. And, you know, you were looking for stuff. And I, so I called up Anita and said, like on Monday, and I said, when, when is your folks' wedding anniversary? Because I've always been fascinated by, Gordet bringing right bringing this black cuban guy home to hitchcock south dakota which was not a becca of uh, diversity back then right so uh, sure 
and uh, and and then here they are, fifty some years later. And anyway, Anita said Thursday. Had to hustle that one in. I had to hustle that one, but it, it worked out good. So uh, yeah, I mean, I've always been as as reporters and and subjects go. I've always been uh, close to him. So I, it was, uh, you know, that was. That was when when they offered us the opportunity, and thanks to Chris Carr and the editors, they, they said, "Yeah, do it." So it worked out good. And yeah, got a got a big public reaction to it too, because okay. everybody everybody loves Tony. Yes, if you met if you met Tony, you love Tony, and uh, and uh, it's funny. Uh, I had a couple of seats in the Legends Club that I shared with some people when the Twins first came. Yeah, and uh, and Tony's seats were behind us. You know. Okay. So every time somebody got my tickets, they'd call, they'd send me a text saying, you can't believe who I was sitting next to. <laughs> yeah. And I'd say, let me see, let me guess. Tony Oliva. Yes. That was it. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's been with us for what, uh, I know he's 83. And yeah. he came, came here. Came here first in 1962 and for brief stay, and then 64. And like almost 60 he, years. One yeah. of the interesting things he told me, he, you know, they they bought a place in Miami for uh, for five six years, and then they got rid of it because Doug Gordet told me after a couple of weeks, Tony'd say, "Let's go home." <laughs> you wow. know, they'd be down there. Let's yeah. go back. Let's go back home and see the grandkids and see our buddies in Minnesota and. Uh, uh, we got to tell some of the good stories about his folks, though, and uh, his, uh, especially his dad, who uh, I know, like, still one of my favorite stories is uh, dad gets up here for the first time, you know, mm -hmm. tobacco farmer from the, the greatest roller of cigars in that area of, you know, he was a legendary tobacco paper roller, you know, and, and uh, you know, a baseball guy, but never been here. Never been anywhere but Cuba. Okay. And so he flies up. They pick him up at the airport downstairs in the valet. It's 15 below outside. But they he, they pick him up in the valet. And then they drive him back to their place. And they drive into the garage. And he gets out of the garage. And he goes in the house. And, and uh, the next morning, he wakes up early like old guys have a tendency to do. And it's a beautiful, sunny winter day. So he puts on his walking shorts and his T-shirt and he's going to take a walk like he has in Cuba for, for 50, 60 years. And he takes one step outside. They never, they never get him outside again. For the rest. <laughs> he, takes, he couldn't believe it. It was like, he would, he's, I guess he came back and his eyes were like huge. <laughs> he couldn't believe what hit him. And uh, yeah. it's, uh, you know, he still has, uh, he had 10, there were 10 of them, I think seven are still alive, maybe eight, and uh, but uh, there are two living up here. And then uh, I think he still has six siblings and 60 nieces, nephews, wow. grand nieces, nephews down in Cuba. And he's trying to get a couple of them out to uh, come up and uh, come up and, uh, you know, for the ceremony. The induction, yeah. It's not easy. His brother, one of his brothers, Juan Carlos, played for ten years on the Cuban national team. Oh, yeah. So he might be able to, he might be able to look him up. But do you realize that 
He and Minnie Minosa are only the second and third Cuban major league players to be in the Hall of Fame. No. Tony Perez is the only okay. other one. Wow, well, I didn't is, know that. Cuban, this is a Cuban born now, and you're not yeah. going to have it one of those. So, right. Uh, it might, but, uh, you know, it's going to be a while. Sure. And, and there's three who played in the Negro Leagues that are, you know, so they, they give credit to six Cubans, but only, only, only three Tony, in the... Tony Perez and now Minnie Minosa. Huh. Are, wow. And they uh, are, are from Cuba with its great baseball history. There's only only uh, three uh, major league players from Cuba in the Hall of Fame. That's amazing. Well, it must have been a nice, must have been a nice, I mean, a nice day all around, but a nice break. I mean, we'll finish with this from, you know, the, the negative baseball talk. And I know you kind of came to some, some conclusions in that piece about how there's you know, enough things when you look at the history of the game to celebrate it. And even some of the, you know, the stuff on the field still looks good um, to certain degrees now, but man, they, I don't know when they're going to play this thing again, because it doesn't seem like they're getting any closer. And like we were talking about before we started, the owners have less incentive to start anytime soon, just because of the way the financials work out. So this is, they're, they're digging in right now. It doesn't look good. Well, the next big fight too is going to be uh, once you get some kind of an agreement, okay, and when God knows when that is, then the players are going to then the fight's going to be how much of their pay do they get, right? Yes, the owners are going to just try to prorate it on how many games are left, right? Yes, and the players are going to fight for full salaries. They won't get full salaries, but that's going to be the next next great fight here. But everybody, yeah, you know, I'm. I've always said I've been down on Manford forever because I do stupid ideas about 14 teams in the playoffs and idiotic stuff like that, but uh, which he's going to win. But, uh, you know, there's, 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 there's gotta be some reality on the other side too. And, uh, you know, Max Scherzer, who's got a, what, what, 40 million a year. Is it 40 million a year? He's making Something like that. Million. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, he got this incredible contract and he's out there throwing around ideas and trying to, you know, like, why, why do you have, why are all the guys representing the players, the rich guys? <laughs> you know, right. I don't, I don't think have anybody who's like, you know, in his fifth year making 3 million a year or something, Jake cave or somebody like that. <laughs> Right. Why the hell? Why do we have all these? Uh, why do the you know you got the guys? I don't know. I I wonder. I gotta think Scott Boris has got a lot to do with this. I know he's in on this guy's Super Twos battle too and stuff like that. So I don't know. I I have no idea. But uh, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. The uh, the owners have the advantage of not giving a damn when they play. <laughs> You know, yeah, I mean, I think the teams do the ones that are selling season tickets right. and they're right. gonna have to start, start giving money back to the the regional sports networks and stuff here pretty soon. But right, there seems to be no indication that there seems to be no indication that uh, that the anything has changed since uh, last week when they showed no. it out. Doesn't feel like it, and that's no. you know no. that's not great. I did I had um. Derek Scherer on last week talking about the saints and just, you know, I think some people don't realize that minor leagues go on. They, they won't have yes. the guys from the 40 man, but the saints might be the only show in town for a while, which at least we'll have that, but uh, not looking good on the other side of the river. No, no. And, 
yeah, I, I just don't know. It, it, it's amazing how, you know, my whole life baseball has been my game and, and, and I still, you know, have a loyalty to baseball, but my passion for it is not what it was, not even close. And, uh, and I, I think that when you start getting guys like me saying, ah, to hell with it, <laughs> you yes. know, had problems. And, yeah. uh, and I mean, it's just honest to God, I covered, I covered 24 straight world series and, uh, it was the highlight of most of my years. Right. I love yeah. covering the series. And now there was a couple of times last year where they drove me so crazy during the world series. I watched something on Netflix for an right. hour and came back and I only missed two innings. Right. I mean, they, it cannot, they cannot let the game drag on like that. And, no. and, you know, he says, what difference does it make if it's, if it's four hours, don't watch it. it you want to watch the game. You want right. to, you need, I, and, I, I you want this, and you want something that you want something to happen too. Yes. yes. It's not just the youth of America. The, oh, it's, you know, it's, it's yes. The youth of America has moved on long ago because they got video games and stuff. But I'm at my I don't have that long to live. I want to, you know, I want to, I don't want to spend four hours watching a baseball game that's lasting eight and a half innings. Right. Come on. You know, if, if it's a if it's a 16 game inning between the Mets and the Astros in the playoffs the last four hours, okay, I can take it. But not some eight and a half inning game just because you change pitchers 14 times during a game. For God's sakes, get your heads out of that non sunlit place and let's go. Yes. I mean, you've got to do something. I, you know, I whatever. Know. Now, if, if they would actually start the 14, 19 second clock, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? The, the, People, the, pitch, the pitch clock? Yeah. Pitch clock. They said it took 20 minutes off games. and uh, Yeah, they should do the pitch and, clock. Do the pitch yeah, clock. And... Yeah. People say, well, how do you enforce it? Really easy. If you don't do, if you, if you have three violations, see ya. Goodbye. Yeah, right. You're expected. Yeah. And by the way, the guy coming in from the bullpen gets one warm up because <laughs> he so, just threw 30 of them in the bullpen. Doesn't need yeah. to throw eight more in front of everybody. Yeah. Well, he does if you're going to get those commercials, but you know, how about also putting a stopwatch on the, um, on the manager or the walk into the mound? Yeah. Why, why does this have to be the long trip? I mean, I'm 70, I'm fat and 76 i could get out there in four seconds it doesn't have to take 20 seconds let's get a little jog going here for God's <laughs> let's not have a 12 minute discussion you know whether you're going to take him out or not when you hit the foul line wave we don't need 14 guys out there talking for four minutes when we all know what the result of it's going to be let's uh you know let's get things moving that's uh, agree yeah. Well, so, anyway. a final one final thought just uh, saw that uh, sounds like the house of the state house is going to introduce some sports wagering, uh, new sports wagering bill today. So we'll see where that goes. Sounds like there's a lot of momentum for this one, Patrick. I think it's coming uh, across the border in the St. Croix, for God's sake, St. Croix Casino, Turtle Lake. Yep. Is, 
you could, Iowa, it's 10 minutes over the border in Iowa. Yep. What, what the hell are we waiting for? Yep. Let's go. Come I think on. it's coming this time. All right, Patrick. All right. Good stuff, sir. We'll talk to you next week. Yep. Goodbye.